Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing, and today I'm on the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. And I'm excited because I have been doing this podcast for a number of months now, and I get to interview people who have had some kind of struggle with finding their voice, whether it was early childhood trauma, whether it was just being shut up in a family with uh, other siblings that took over, or whether it was just moving out into the world and feeling like there wasn't a place for you and you couldn't be your authentic self. So today I get to interview Kristen Harcourt, a good friend of mine who's in the world helping people. And I am so glad to be able to tell her story or have her tell you her story today. But first, let me do a little bio here. For more than a decade, Kristen has helped executives and emerging leaders in hundreds of organizations worldwide achieve extraordinary and sustainable results through increased self-awareness, emotional intelligence, and mindfulness. In addition to being an in-demand speaker and facilitator, she is also an accredited coach, empowering leaders to become more aware of their strengths, blind spots, values, and purpose so they can build lives and organizations of success, sustainability, and health. On a personal note, Kristen loves to travel, do dance party with her kids, practice yoga and meditation, and has been known to jump out of planes for charity. Oh, my goodness. Wonderful to have you here today, Kristen. Thank you for taking time to tell your story to my audience. Thank you, Doreen. It's an honor to be here, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So what I like to do in the beginning is to lay the groundwork, the what is it that uh, is the history, your history, where you felt you didn't have a voice? If you could just give us some background first. Absolutely, Doreen. So I I think my story is a bit unique in that I know for some people, um, I talk to them and they're like, I don't like public speaking. It makes me nervous and anxious and all of these different things. And there's a part of me, the extrovert in me, who who likes to talk, has a lot to say. As a little child, that was on the report card a lot. Kristen needs to stop talking during class and listen to the teacher. So, um, so speaking in in some capacity has been comfortable for me. And um, I mentioned to you that I, I did my first speech contest in grade five and um, talking about my sibling, actually talking about how tough it is to have a brother and have a sibling and why parents should just have one child and trying to influence people around why that's the case. So what I noticed during as I got older and as I got into different places where I was needing to use my voice, I recognized that 
there are a couple of things that show up. There is a people pleaser who wants to be liked. And so if there's times where I might want to say something that people don't agree with, where I might want to say things, I don't want to say controversial, but I want to say a bit disruptive, where I might be disrupting the status quo, um, where I might be wanting to really step up in a powerful way. I started to notice that there's there's a people pleaser, a wanting to be liked, a wanting to be perfect and say things in the perfect way in order to not make mistakes that I noticed I was silencing myself a little bit and not really showing up as powerfully in the world as I could and keeping myself a bit safer and not letting myself be quite as visible for because somebody might not like what I have to say. Well, I'm thinking that the little girl in fifth grade already had it figured out what uh, perfection must look like or what uh, what you needed to do or be in order to get the what the the applause the grade to be good so it sounds like perhaps you had some kind of history already of having figured that out not only having a natural ability to uh, enjoy speaking but combined with probably some kind of uh, guidance about how to be out in the world in a way that would be acceptable. Is that something that you might say is true about your family history? Yeah, it's a, it's a great point, Doreen. I think that um, in terms of what I would have seen growing up, I definitely had parents and a brother who were I wouldn't necessarily say um, my 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 mom and my brother definitely more introverted, and then my dad I'd say ambivert kind of in the middle. So what I saw modeled was you know we we kind of keep things safer here, like we we don't need to be so loud out there, and so I would have seen that as. Um, that's how we that's how we behave and 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 never in a way they never held me back and said you shouldn't be um you shouldn't be as, as loud and, and putting yourself out there but definitely didn't see it modeled as much and I do have to say and I talked to my daughter and my son and we actually had a conversation about this this morning which is ironic um around the bossy piece so I did get that a lot um sometimes with teachers sometimes with um, I remember even being in church in the Sunday school teacher. So other adults who weren't necessarily my parents, but other adults basically telling me she's, she's too bossy. She needs to keep it quiet. She has too much to say for herself. So there was definitely some of that. Now, I, my parents didn't come back and say, you shouldn't be that way. They didn't say, you know, you're being too bossy and stop it for sure. That didn't come from that way, but there were other adults in the outside world, in the community where, that were giving me that message. Yes, that's what happens. We have uh, our first environment, which is our family. And we usually, for many of us, that's true. We can shine. Others, no, that's not so true. But if we have inner, some kind of security in the family, but then we move out a little bit into the world, that's where we start testing. It feels like we start saying, okay, am I acceptable in this arena? And I hear that what you said is that when you stepped into these other arenas, it was like, no, no. 
keep it down, keep it down, keep it quiet. Um, I always, I always reference um, Cheryl Sandberg, where she has a quote that says, um, stop telling your daughters they're bossy, tell them they have executive leadership skills. I definitely didn't get any messaging around, oh, wow, you're a natural leader. Keep speaking. Now, later on in life, I think I did get a little bit more of that. But in those formative years, it wasn't encouraged. It wasn't celebrated that I naturally had a lot to say for myself. It was really seen as a, as a negative quality. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you just pinpoint exactly what we're talking about is that uh, the early messages, the environments that we get ourselves surrounded, it's kind of like a mirror. You know, you you look out and instead of having the mirror, other people tell you, yay, you, <laughs> your natural leader, it was uh, shut up. <laughs> Is what it sounds like. And so there's a little bit of conflict, but you moved on nevertheless with your spirit, your bright, <laughs> strong spirit. And that's where it seems like our our environments, our arenas get larger. And so that seems like what must have happened for you is as you started to what enter the world of work uh, where you those environments were already pretty containing, aren't they? They have certain norms and, you know, we have to fit in, especially as women. And, you know, you've got a natural tendency to stand out and stand up. It feels like you're noticed. And is that a good thing or not? And so say a little bit about that part of your journey, please. Yes, that was also very interesting, Doreen, because um, as I left, graduated from university and started to get into the corporate world, I actually found that I some of those patterns were repeating and I was experiencing what I actually, and I love the way that you're wrapping this up so beautifully. I didn't actually even see it in that way until we're talking about it right now, but I did have some people, those first couple of bosses that were similar to those people that I would have experienced uh, out in the community. And they, they definitely weren't mentors. They weren't helping me to grow, encouraging me to grow. They were actually trying to keep me, let's just keep you safe here. Um, sometimes almost fearful, like I wanted their job and wanted to move into leadership. And I wanted to pull them inside and say, you have nothing to fear. Uh, this isn't the direction I'm going into. I, I, I don't actually want your job. So I did experience that with um, a couple of leaders. And then and, and then I had a leader who actually um had some dysfunction around leadership and and um, just one of those people that quite abrasive as a leader and probably shouldn't be in leadership. But what I'm happy to report, and this is where I probably started to see a lot of those shifts about 15 years ago, um, got surrounded. It just it just happened to be that I kept on getting amazing mentors. So whether in the organizations I was working in, it might not even be my direct leader, but I felt confident enough to be reaching out to people and saying, you know, this is my trajectory. This is where I want to get to. I would love to be able to, to learn from you. And so kept on asking people to, to be mentors in that way. And then ended up having some amazing, amazing bosses for my next two or three bosses who, um, to kind of put it all, wrap it all up, when I got to my last boss before I became an entrepreneur four and a half years ago, when we were having the conversation, he said, you know, Kristen, it's been such an honor to work with you. Um, You know, I admire you so much and it's been so great, but um, I can wear my boss hat and we're really sorry to see you go. But as your friend, you are so ready to soar and I can't wait to see what you do and what you create next. And that's, 
the difference, right? So now I, I just kept on being surrounded by people who um, not only encouraged me, but sometimes even saw potential in myself that I might not be able to see and really encouraged me to, to take leaps, to, um, to, to think bigger, to be really thinking in a limitless way. And so I feel like I was, I was lucky and that I was surrounded by some great people, but I also want to take some credit as well. I asked, I went out there and asked for people and said, can, can you, can you mentor me? I would love to, to learn from you. And they were very happy to take on that role. They were actually excited to be asked to be a mentor. What a great message you just offered there about the asking. And I remember finding a mentor for myself. And I took her out to lunch one day and told her I wanted her to be my mentor. And she she put her hand across the table, took mine and said, I'll teach you everything I know. <laughs> oh. And I, I, I imitated her. I even wore the same perfume and I went and got my colors done. And <laughs> so there was a way of following in her footsteps that helped me, I think, uh, find myself or bring out more of the me that I saw in her. Because actually, I guess I must have seen myself in her. And it wasn't so much I want to be her. It's just there was that draw to a certain kind of mentor. So I like what you just said about the asking, because the asking seems like it has some kind of what information in it, like you're, you're drawn to this person, this mentor. So there's something magical or um, magnetic about that, I guess I'd say. So thank you for, for pointing out to, uh, to people to make sure and look around, ask, and don't stay stuck in bad <laughs> relationships. Yeah. Yes. So, so a little bit more about your journey to finding your voice. Yeah, so um, so that journey's been interesting, and it's ever evolving, and I believe never done. I can, I, I will continue to to find even more ways. I'm sure that I can be showing up even more powerfully in the world. But what I, I, I did in order to be able to feel more comfortable is, um, it's funny, I say comfortable, but actually it was the opposite. I kept doing things to put myself outside of my comfort zone and through that, a lot of growth. So from a, a speaking perspective, uh, continuously going to training and being around different people who bring different aspects to um, to speaking as an example. I know you and I both have a passion for improv and improv is so great because it, for me, it really encourages me to be playful and have fun and not be a perfectionist and just let things happen as they go. And I realized through doing improv that it actually comes quite naturally to me. And so the more I allow myself to trust that it's beautiful what I create. So even for myself as a speaker, if if I look at who I was as a speaker 15 years ago and who I am today, 15 years ago, I still like to plan. I like to be the expert. I like to go out there and make sure I know all the answers. Now, I don't. And I, I welcome and I love when questions come in that I don't know the answer to or not maybe that I don't know the answer, but I don't need to be prepared ahead of time to know what are the questions that are going to come up. It's actually fun in that moment to see what comes up and see what answers are there for me in that moment. And I like to describe it as a co-creation and an answer I might have one day could be completely different the next day or a week from then. It's what was coming up through me in that moment. So 
one of the things I've really noticed in terms of speaking when I feel like my most authentic self and really feel in flow is when there's a, there's a level of trust. There's a level of letting go. There's a level of surrendering. And I want to be clear. It's not like I'm not doing any preparation ahead of time. Of course, I know my topic. I know what I'm speaking about, but I'm not so married to my content that it has to look exactly like that. Because in that moment, as I'm co-creating with a group, something might show up for me based on the questions or based on what I'm noticing. And I allow that to emerge. And so for me, and, and I know people who have, have seen me speak have said the same thing. It just feels like this presence that you're just fully connecting with the people around you and your audience. And, and to me, that is what it is because I'm just allowing myself to be fully present in that moment and not to need to have it all figured out. And that's, that's something I continue to grow that muscle, but the more I do it, the happier I am, the more, more joy filled I am, because to me, that's when I'm really, really connected to my most authentic self. Mm. The muscle you just talked about is the inner presence muscle, isn't it? That's what I call it, too. The inner presence muscle. And also just watching you and listening to you, I feel like, you know, how to what we call dance in the moment. Right. (laughs) Yes. And that means with all elements and we are uh, partnering with whatever comes up and not denying it. And that's one of the improv Yes. And, you know, instructions just take take what is there and add to it as opposed to block it. And oh, I shouldn't. It's uh, yes. And wonderful. So with this beautiful transformation over a lifetime, it feels like now being this particular kind of coach that you talk about. Tell us more about what you actually do with uh, leadership coaching and your business. Thank you. Thank you for asking, Doreen. So I always like to talk about my big mission and my big mission out there in the world is to raise consciousness globally by humanizing the workplace and transforming leaders. And that's my why that gets me really excited to wake up every day. And and that's a big why, right? So that why is something that I'm always asking myself questions. How can I think bigger, play bigger, do more things in the world to do that. And so for me right now, what that looks like is doing a lot of coaching one-on-one with leaders. And the work that I love to do with leaders is is take them on an internal journey and really transform from the inside out. And I tend to work with a lot of high performers, high potentials. And a lot of times what can happen is they... They're, they're out there, they know their job, they do everything really, really well, but there can be some limiting beliefs that are holding them back. And those can be things like not having any balance and work-life integration because they feel like they need to always be on, not holding boundaries, getting burnt out, um, things like that. But it's also a little bit what you're we're talking about today too, is allowing them to be more authentic and show up as themselves and work and bringing their whole person 
So a lot of times what I like to say, Doreen, is I'm taking them, the head's a beautiful thing, it's not going anywhere, but I'm also dropping them down to their hearts so that they can lead with both head and hearts. And so that's the, where it's really marrying the self-awareness, the emotional intelligence and the mindfulness, which is also linked to the mindset and, and going on a journey where they just really recognize like, who, who am I? And, um, and how do I want to lead? And what is that impact I want to make in my legacy? And uh, where do I have the most meaning in my work? How can I build other leaders around me and be able to coach them in these ways as well? And so helping them to get outside of their comfort zone. So um, doing that with one-on-one coaching, doing that with organizations, with doing a lot of uh, leadership training and facilitating, and then doing keynoting where I'm really getting that message out into the world um, as much as I can. Last A couple of weeks ago, it was speaking to an organization that had offices in uh, Dubai, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan. So you know, the whole world is where I want to get this message out. I get it. And I hope today is part of that mission of uh, getting your your message out to the whole world. And with those limiting beliefs, I, I wanted to just speak about that just for a second here is, uh, you know, like both the awareness of, well, what, how am I limiting myself? I think that the messages and that goes back to some of what I am working on, which is the early childhood, the through life, having developed a, a certain kind of insecurity or like what you did is, oh, it's not okay to be a certain way. So those limiting beliefs, I think, is so important to first check those out and to list them, to confront them. And I think people don't even realize that they are implanted early in life often and then they they need to be challenged now. And the other part of what you said I love is this inner kind of brilliance that you go for <laughs> inside of people and see and like what we were talking about earlier, mirror back to them like a mentor. Oh, Wonderful. Thank you. Well, anything more you want to say about the business that you're doing or specifically, uh, is there a way that people can contact you? Is there something you want to offer the listeners? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Doreen. So I would just let people know if come on over to my website, I have a podcast called Inspirational Leadership um, that I started. My goodness, I I think almost 19 months, getting close to two years ago, um, really started off as a passion project, but it it really is talking about this, right? What does it look like um, to create workplaces where leaders can show up with both their head and heart? And then what does it look like to humanize the workplace? And we go into all sorts of different areas, whether that's diversity, equity, and inclusion, whether that's LGBTQ communities, whether that's around um, we're all leaders and leadership is a title and it doesn't mean that you're not a leader because you don't have that title. So shifting any of that mindset, um, just amazing guests from all over the world. So check out um, Inspirational Leadership. And I would also encourage anyone, if you have additional questions, want to have a conversation, I'm, I'm very active on social media and the extrovert in me always loves to have a conversation. <laughs> So again, would that be uh, Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N and Harcourt, H-A-R-C-O-U-R-T. Do you have a website then that uh, would be what? What is your Yes. So you you spelt it out perfectly. It's KristenHarcourt.com. So not too hard to find. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, what's a last word to us today? 
You know, what's showing up for me right now, and especially I've noticed this in the pandemic over the last, my gosh, almost getting to a year and a half now, I just encourage everyone to have some self-compassion and grace because I see leader after leader being super, super hard on themselves. So I encourage you to speak to yourself the way that you would speak to other people that you love. Mm, That's beautiful. Yeah. Grace under pressure. Thank you very much, Kristen. Thank you, Doreen. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person Doreen interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.